Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Chloe, and I want you to know that my intention behind this podcast is and always will be to expand your heart and your mind and help you discover new ideas, thoughts, and ways of being. I hope that with each episode, you leave this space feeling inspired, filled with love, and ready to take action in creating a life that is worth living. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Really quickly, before we get started and jump into this episode with Christy all about ketamine therapy, I wanted to first share with you about our sponsor for the podcast today, and that is this amazing app called Breathwork. You may have heard me talking about it in the previous episodes, but it's something I'm really amped on as of these last few months because I've actually been using it consistently and loving the results to the point where I can't go a day without using it. And I love it because I already knew previously how incredible breath work was for my body and my nervous system and being able to connect to my breath and my spirit every day but it always felt really intimidating to me because i know there's so many different types of breaths that you can do to trigger different parts of your body and i'd always felt really overwhelming so i love breath work because it simplifies it the app is super user friendly and and easy to navigate and it has tons of different breathing exercises that only take anywhere from 40 seconds to three minutes and you can choose so it has a variety of different breath work exercises and it's super easy to just turn on in the morning do it really quick and then go into your meditation or your gratitude journaling what have you so i really want you guys to try it Breathwork is actually one of my friend's apps and it's the number one breathwork app in the world right now. And she's offering you guys an opportunity to use the app for free for 30 days. And then if you continue on to use it for the remainder of the year, it's less than 20 bucks a year for the, for the app. So if you wanna get on this and give it a go, I'll put the link to join in the description and show notes below. It's breathworkwithoutthe.com slash Chloe or you can just click the link in the show notes below. All right, guys, now you can enjoy a ad-free episode, and I hope that you love what Christy has to share. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to episode 23 of my podcast. I'm really happy today because I'm going to be interviewing someone about a topic that I've never shared about or talked about or even know much about myself. Um, Christy is joining me here today and she is a very strong advocate of ketamine and ketamine therapy and using it to help people overcome PTSD and substance abuse, anxiety, depression, all of those things. And so maybe some of you, some of you have already heard of ketamine and are familiar with it or have used it yourself, or maybe you have no idea what it is, or maybe you're one of those people who thinks that it's horse tranquilizer and that you shouldn't be putting it in your body. Um, so no matter where you are on the spectrum, I think this conversation will be really interesting for you, especially for me as well, because I'm so excited to pick your brain, Christy. Um, so thanks for being here. I'm really excited to have you. I appreciate that. It's an honor to be here. And yes, it's one of my most favorite things to talk about. So I am just as excited. Amazing. And before we get started, if you just want to 
I guess, introduce yourself and like who you are, what your job title is, if you will. And then we'll get into all the other good stuff. Yeah, uh, I've been in emergency medicine since 1999. Uh, I started in wildland fire and just kind of transitioned uh, up and around in the emergency realm since then. Uh, I've been a paramedic now for 17 years. Uh, For the last 10, I've been in the education realm as well, receiving tenure as a professor uh, in 2020 and really embracing pharmacology, anatomy, physiology. And that's actually where ketamine found me was in my classroom. Uh, On the other side, yeah, Uh, I'm a mom. I have two beautiful humans uh, who (laughs) chose my vessel, right? As their entryway into earth. They are my greatest teachers. Uh, In 2020, uh, amongst pandemic is when I founded and started to create flow. I opened in November of 2020 and I've rooted in Encinitas. So I have a brick and mortar down here with just really beautiful partnerships that have evolved over the last year. Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm doing as far as in this realm. uh, I've actually stepped into ketamine practice wholeheartedly. So I just left my tenured position as a professor and- They stepped in. Yeah. It's huge. Amazing. That's so cool. I can't wait to pick your brain so much. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to, I had shared this a little bit with you by email, but I just wanted to clarify to my audience um, that normally like I, and on my podcast and on my Instagram and just in life in general, I'm such a huge advocate of plant medicine because I've experienced so many incredibly transformative experiences and healing trauma and just connecting more to myself and finding my purpose and my passions and yada, yada, yada. Um, So I'm a huge advocate of plant medicine um, of all kinds. And I think naturally when I first heard of ketamine in different podcasts and books and conversations, I felt a lot of resistance towards it. And I didn't even bother exploring it because to, in my man, I didn't even like look into it. It was just like, oh, that's not like a plant. Doesn't come from nature. I don't want to be like, I don't really care to know about it. Um, so I just wrote it off. But then as I shared with you, like it just kept coming into conversation and um, coming up in my reality. And I was like, okay, I feel like I should learn more about it, even if it's not for me to use, but if it's like to point other people in that direction. Um, and then additionally, my older brother has always suffered from substance abuse, heroin addiction, a long life of struggling with drugs. And now he's on um, a medication called methadone, which keeps him from using heroin, but it's still like equally as um, damaging in my opinion. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm currently looking and exploring for different ways and alternative healing modalities to help him and to get him off of methadone because it's really paralyzing and he can't use plant medicine while on methadone. So it's just like, it feels like there's no way out. So I'm trying to help him. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm really excited to have you on because this has been interesting to me. So let's get into it. <laughs> that's an honor. So thank you. Cause it really is intimate because you have to do, you have to make an educated decision and mm-hmm. that's where the sacredness does come in. And it does feel safer when it is from source or earth. 
mm-hmm. uh, push pull with that at times too. It's like, well, what were the intentions when they were creating the medicine or what's the ritual around it? Right. So uh, yeah, there's definitely, it's sacred. Yeah, totally. Okay. So one thing I've, I I want to know that I want you to explain to me, cause I don't know the answer to this is what actually is ketamine? Like what is the substance? What is it made of? And how is it, how do you ingest it? I guess. Right. Well, it is a very versatile drug. It can be ingested in several different ways, intramuscularly, intranasally, any route into the bloodstream, it can and has been created. Okay. Okay. It's made up of 33 different compounds that are all organic in nature, right? Hmm. So at its root, it still has all of those principles behind it. It's mm-hmm. just in the intention of how we use it. Uh, so the way that all drugs are, are lock and key in our body. They either inhibit or they excite. And then mm-hmm. in that there's a result, right? And right. it depends on what it disengages and how it engages. And then the route of entry into the body. I use it intravenously or we use it in clinic intravenously, mm-hmm. which allows it to go straight to source if you will, because it's in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we were to snort it, for example, which is most common recreationally, mm-hmm. uh, it makes its way into the system very rapidly because of its route of absorption. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus if we were to put it in our muscle, it has to make its way through fat and water and into the bloodstream. So there's just differences of duration and how long it takes to impact as well as how long it lasts in the body. And then it's bioavailability, which is a really sexy word, honestly. Uh, (laughs) It's like how much percentage of the medicine truly gets to you and how many routes does it have to change in order to make an impact? So Mm. there's variability in all routes of administration. Okay, cool. I choose is IV. IV, yep. That makes sense. And just so we can clarify this, because so many, I've posted like a thing on my Instagram yesterday asking if anyone had questions about ketamine. And so many people responded was like, isn't that horse tranquilizer? And I was like, I can't answer that question because I don't know, but I'll ask her. <laughs> it totally so, is. That's yeah. where the original creation was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've really created drugs over this last century, right? And that's where we're at an end of an era right now for redesign. And mm-hmm. in that, uh, there was PCP was being widely used in uh, initially, right? And not just recreationally. Uh, it's a, an anesthetic. Mm-hmm. And so we really were creating something that could take its place or at least help with the crises because once it hit the street is when a whole nother, uh, you know, yeah, that we could talk about that war for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so initially it was, it was for veterinarians so that they mm-hmm. could work with horses because they are so big and so mm-hmm. strong. Uh, yeah. And it comes down to dosing. Uh, And then shortly thereafter, it was then allowed for human consumption as well as animal consumption. Uh, Mm -hmm. So some of that just takes debunking, honestly, Chloe, in the sense like insulin, for example, it comes from pig, Mm -hmm. heparin, pig. 
so there's so many drugs that we truly get from animals that we inject into our human bodies all the time. Uh, totally. Don't even question it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where people find a terminology and like latch onto it and make it seem really dramatic. And then it's, it's actually, there's a lot more to it. It's a lot more multifaceted than just, oh, it's horse tranquilizer. I'm not going to put that in my body. It's right? like used as a form to, as an anesthetic for horses, but it doesn't need yeah. to sound that extreme. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And that was in the sixties. Yeah. When all of that was underway. So we really, uh, we didn't even know we were supposed to drink water as a society until around the seventies. So <laughs> I'm really, uh, it's kind of archaic, not kind we're of evolving. We're evolving. Yes, we're slow, like we're de-evolving in certain facets. Yes. Uh, but in that, it really is just a convoluted area because there is intent, or there has been intent to use it harmfully. It's also a special K K holes, state, like all these other poor stigmas for ketamine. And it's one of the most safest, versatile drugs in all honesty. Okay. And is, and in terms of legality things in the States or even globally, like, what does that look like? Is it approved by the FDA or like, is it legal? Both. Both. Uh, okay. It is legal and it's approved by the FDA, but it's coined as off label. So mm -hmm. when the FDA gives you a blessing, they bless it for one usage or sometimes multiple usages, but it's what's presented right. to them at the time. So in 1960, when all of these things happened, uh, they blessed it for X, Y, and Z, and that was mm -hmm. it. And so now that we're using it in different dosings and different age groups, it's considered to be off-label. So it's an FDA approved drug. We're just using it off-label. What? there's hundreds of drugs that we use daily off label. Totally. And now it's kind of evolving into a form of like psychotherapy and being used with humans in different dosages. So that aspect probably hasn't been explored as much. Is that what right. you mean? That's what yeah. we're exploring currently in this time space. So that's where all of this just gets rewritten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And can you explain to me? So I'm really curious about the the process of which the experience or like how the experience happens. So, and like, who, yeah, I guess we'll get into that, all that, but what is the process like in terms of dosage, the experience, how long the, I don't know what you want to call it, journey last yeah. experience? <laughs> totally. So uh, we block out two hours for each client. So mm -hmm. therefore there's not a feeling of rush or hurry or worry. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that really does influence the experience, the same as the process to getting here, allowing you to settle in. Uh, the infusion itself is 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And in that, the entire time is guided. We have a licensed therapist in the room. Uh, sometimes there's also the medical staff in there as well, too. Uh, for example, myself, uh, I'm a licensed paramedic. I'm also a facilitator. I also, like, there's multifacets to the hats mm -hmm. there. So, um, my, the therapist is in there at all times. So you're never left alone in the journey, which I think is crucial to mm -hmm. the medicine. Uh, and in that two hours, once you land or come back to earth in your human body, 
you then have a debriefing period, whether, and that's intimate to what you, you truly want, meaning, uh, are you a journaler? Do you want some time to write, inscribe, draw? Do you want to just unravel with conversation? Do you need to sit in silence? What is it that you need, uh, which is intimate to each person? So that's where we remain neutral in that sense. Um, It's definitely guidedness with, uh, pre-work. So I have prep calls with all of the clients. We have Mm. them prep with our therapist. We do a lot of the prep beforehand so that you have knowingness coming in. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And then you can fine tune as you go. Cause for example, your first session, you could have it all lined out and then you're like, I just want to go to the ocean or, you know, I want some delicious acai or whatever that looks like uh, for afterwards. Cause energetically, it's also very, uh, it can be very exhausting uh, because you are losing a lot of energy uh, when you're moving through yourself. Mm, mm, I love that. I love that with any, I mean, with ketamine and like all psychedelic substances, it always comes down to like your intention, the set and the setting and like what your environment is and what your intentions are and like who's holding the space and what is the setting around you and all of that. And you can apply those like foundational elements to something like ketamine that people may have like resistance towards in the beginning, but when used in this way, when used with intention and there's a guide and it's all very strategic in its flow, then it can have like incredible, incredible benefits. So that's really cool. It's really beautiful. And it's so intimate to each person because mm-hmm. it we're truly dissolving or we're separating. That's where the disassociative comes in. We're separating the limbic brain. And Mm -hmm. if you look at just the basic human brain, uh, the reptilian brain, which we all have, right? Comes in and ties directly into the limbic. And from there you see the mammalian brain and then the human brain. And it's all of our brains that have ever existed in our time space. So we're disengaging that reptilian component, which is the command center for the emotional housing. Mm. So therefore, as it dissolves or disassociates, uh, we use frequency and vibration to really work cellularly to liberate energy. Mm. where the stagnation of that in the physical body presents as physical pain and ailment. Uh, It also allows the body to come out of survival. And as Mm. it comes out of survival, it allows itself to become autonomic. And Mm. in that, that's where true healing comes in. The body's like, she's out of the way. (laughs) Move in, move in. (laughs) (laughs) Damage control at that point, right? And then the emotional centers that are tied in the limbic is where all of our emotional traumas get trapped and stored over our lifetime. Mm. Is that's where the liberation of energy occurs, right? We no longer have those strongholds and we're allowed to move through ourselves uh, without the influence of ego. Mm, yeah. And when, and when someone is taking the ketamine, do you typically do sensory deprivation? Like they have like a blindfold on and earphones listening to music or what does that look like? Yeah. So we use mindfolds, which is really groovy in the sense that you can open your eyes and be in total darkness or close your eyes. So mm. they have a, a padding in there that allows for you to be eyes open or eyes closed, but in total darkness. Mm. 
yeah. I've heard about these from an Aubrey Marcus podcast and I really want to get some just for just for so many different things airplanes at yeah. home induced mushroom ceremonies <laughs> all the different things it sounds yeah. I use it for meditation every day. Yeah, meditation as well. That would be amazing. Yeah. And then, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, we have uh, beautiful music that is, uh, that's part of the process to liberate the energy. It's frequency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start in uh, lower hertz and then move all the way into the higher hertz as it moves through the emotional body. So it really basks you as you move through the medicine, which is mm -hmm. just so beautiful. Uh, and then the chairs allow for that, that gra zero gravity effect. Uh, and we use gravity blanket to then uh, really oh, hold cool. you, to really hold you. It, it's yeah. Really feel grounded. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that there's music involved as well. Cause I've always felt like that's one of the biggest components of a plant medicine ceremony is having that music because the music, I don't know, it has such a, it's like a presence of a person almost. It's such a guide for the medicine. So I love that it works in the same way with ketamine. It just really helps guide that experience and disperse the energy and let go of the ego and like kind of surrender to the sounds and to the vibrations. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, can we talk about who, like, who would you recommend ketamine for versus like any other plant medicines or mushrooms, for example, like there's psychedelic psychotherapy, um, guided mushroom things happening now all around the States. Um, first, yeah. So ketamine versus that, like who it would be for and who it wouldn't be for, like who you'd say, mm, maybe, maybe not a good idea. Right. That's a beautiful question. Uh, it actually is, uh, very, uh, beautiful medicine that it can be used for most all, right? It just really depends on what you're working on and where you've been and what you've done. Okay. Each psychedelic has its own gift, right? Ketamine dissolves or disassociates the limbic, which is the stronghold into the reptilian brain. And so therefore we're really liberating energy from the most archaic cellular form that has existed, which then mm -hmm. allows us to become an observer of self as we move through the unconscious mind. Uh, whereas psilocybin's gift is its neurocircuitry is massive engorgement, which allows you to know that uh, reality is pixelated, mm -hmm. right? It yeah. has a very beautiful visual aspect to it, totally. to where uh, all reality exists all the time. And that's something that uh, I love to speak on in that sense, because it's, it's not until you have a moment in psychedelics that you can truly see that there are other realities that allows for curiosity to know mm -hmm. there's something out there that's bigger than you. Mm. And then LSD, all of them have their own intimate gift. Totally. All of them do. So it really is, what are you ready for? Mm. And how do you plan to use it? Right. So yeah. Integrate. Yes because you're the answer. Mm -hmm. The medicine gives you knowingness and then it's how much can you take that knowingness and actually integrate it into self? Totally. totally. Yeah. Would you say that there's any risks involved that you're worried about when stepping into ketamine therapy or what does that look like? 
Yeah, there, that's where the process. So there's really only a small handful of disqualifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's on the medical side, uh, any kind of renal compromises allow us to draw labs and really look at your renal function to make mm-hmm. sure that you can excrete the medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, diabetes insipidus, uh, mm-hmm. secondary to like a long-term lithium use or something that has compromised that system just entails blood work for a more definitive nay, if there is going to be a nay. Uh, glaucoma is another one too. We really mm. just will send you out for uh, a full ortho or uh, optometry eval and for them to give you blessings. Mm. And then on the uh, other side of the house is active psychosis. That's a disqualifier for all, right? Uh, right. Because now we're, we're taking a person who uh, doesn't have an anchor point into reality mm-hmm. and then disassociating them from reality to where now they're lost in the quantum field. Yeah. Yeah. Have a reference point. And our, our motto is to do no harm. So the diligence is we first have you do a, a consult uh, to mm-hmm. make sure that you also understand uh, outside of us moving through these major uh, diagnoses, if you will, at the end of the day, we're expanding consciousness. Right. And once you expand consciousness and you pierce the veil of a new reality, you don't unsee that. And right. so here's the conversation. It's, well, uh, you're expanding consciousness. <laughs> this is what, I mean, it's a journey. And so just to make sure that people are aware that it is an expansive, you are going to see yourself as an observer, no longer the participant. And mm-hmm. in that, it allowed you to know that things happened to you and not because of you, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. where your whole life changes because now you're reframing it, but from a state of inner knowingness and not from an outside influence. It's a liberator, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the first conversations I have, and then from there, uh, you sit with the therapist for an hour intake, and she really goes over all of her assessment tools and mm. make sure that you are a good candidate and, or if there's more conversation to be had, and that's where we prep right. people more. So it really uh, is a beautiful process to make sure that the medicine is uh, being mindfully used mm. and intentionally used so that we can, yeah. So we do no harm. Totally. Yeah. That's such a, that's such an important thing. And I love that you integrate into that. And I wish a lot of time. I wish there was almost some sort of system that was in place for this exact sort of thing for plant medicine stuff as well. Even like ayahuasca journeys, San Pedro, there are a lot of shamans and plant medicine facilitators that do like health intake forms and stuff like that. But ultimately it's always, you know, up to the person's discretion. Like, is this, is this good for me? Is this not? But just to, with this process in mind that you implement, like wanting to implement that same process into all uses of all substances because it's so intentional, it's so well thought out. And then with that whole process, it brings ease to the person who's about to consume the medicine so that when you enter that space or when the ketamine goes into your system or mushrooms or whatever, you have that full body like calm, reassurance and surrender like okay i've i've mentally physically emotionally committed to this medicine and now i'm ready to let it 
um, help me and serve me and heal me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you're going to meet with the medical team. So you actually zoom with one of our docs or it's an in-person, whatever is most uh, opportunistic for you in that time space to make sure that the medical gets done uh, mm-hmm. prior to sitting with the medicine. So that if we do need to send you for labs or whatever that may be, it can be done in a timely manner. So you also meet with the medical team. We have a multitude of docs that you uh, get a nice assessment with and mm-hmm. then you're blessed for the medicine. That's amazing. And, and ketamine itself is once it's in your system and you're at like, let's say the peak of your experience, are you seeing like sacred geometry or visuals or what is it that you're actually experiencing? Is it anything similar? Could you compare it at all to mushrooms or anything or what, um, what would you compare it to? No, and that, honestly, the first time I sat with ketamine was professionally, right? Uh-huh. And I found myself running variables, like uh, try and have comparatives, right? Like this doesn't feel intoxicated. Yeah, you're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And I'm like, yeah. that's how I knew my analytical brain. Then I start questioning, like, and I'm like, oh, well, so what is this, right? And I'm like, listen, self experience the medicine, right? Just stop where, questioning it. Right. Well, uh, that's where, uh, at that point you travel the cosmos, uh, I had a very cosmic first experience where mm. uh, you are in the universe mm. and in that it's so intimate to each human. I mean, I have some clients that walk through their lineage and have a very ancestral and indigenous experience. Wow. There's others that go straight to the cosmos and have nothing but a sacred geometry and very colorful experience. Mm. And then there's some that uh, find themselves inside compartmentalization boxes that have been created for some decades. Mm. <laughs> then, uh, it's so intimate to how we processed our trauma. It really is. Like, what were your copes? How have right, you, right. how have you avoided yourself and are you ready to walk through it? Uh, I, with my whole heart, the medicine meets you where you're at period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there's never a time where it's not something that you're ready for. I think that's a question that gets often asked it. Well, what if I don't want to see what's inside there? It's like, well, and you're like, well, you probably shouldn't be using any sort of psychedelic or plant medicine then. <laughs> right. But, but the universe will also make it really uncomfortable for you to finally take that step into self. Totally. She does it intentionally by design, right? Wow. I'm so fascinated by it. I don't feel the need to um, take any form of of this type of medicine right now, but I'm so interested to know that it's like not necessarily like a plant call it considered a plant medicine, but it still has a lot of the same effects. Like everything that you described from like experiencing ancestral lineage or going to the cosmos or um, seeing sacred geometry or different things. I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea that that's what ketamine involves um, in terms of the experience. So that's so cool. Yeah. And honestly, it's, uh, it's lock and key, just like any other compounding substance that gets put into the human body. Uh, it is, it can be sourced from earth. Uh, mm-hmm. we just synthesize things for convenience. Yeah. Right. Uh, like if truly, could you imagine if alcohol, as we were consuming it, you had to cultivate it 
first yeah, from a potato like, or from yeah. corn or whatever. <laughs> here's your agave, right? And then here's yeah, how we do it. Yeah, uh, which is the sacred part of it. But we don't, we're in such a hurry and in a rushed state of existence that it's instant mm-hmm. gratification. So why would I want to grab it? Like DMT, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm full of DMT. So are you. So are my mm-hmm. children. We all are. Yeah. Right? And so in totality that we're all uh, criminals in that sense. Right. To the federal place we go. And so it's really interesting to me how we've just kind of, um, we've never talked about that part of our human design. Totally. Ever at all. Uh, But DMT is found in plants everywhere. But how do you get it? from there right and that's where you really truly need to know how to work with earth on purpose in order to harness her power Mm. and that's Mm. timely and so therefore we've learned how to synthesize so we just make mimickers and then we Mm. put it into little bottles and we sell it (laughs) conveniently right and so it is sourced from earth And in that, we've just learned how to synthesize it to make it more convenient. We use it in the ER every day, all day. That's where my first experiences with ketamine have ever come. Mm. Yeah, it's conscious sedation. We use it for kids. Toddlers do amazing on ketamine. Mm. It is such a widely used, beautiful drug in emergency medicine. Mm. So I'm really curious at, at what point, so you used it in your career as a paramedic and in the hospital, et cetera. And then at what point did you have like a crazy story where you did an intentional journey with it? Or I want to hear like how you got into it and like where you led you to where you are now. Yes. It's actually <laughs> from heartbreak. <laughs> uh, so <Really? laughs> well, ketamine in my classroom, there was, uh, it was divine intervention, right? And a perfect storm. Uh, mm-hmm. Ketamine actually came into our drug box as a treatment modality for pain. And at the same time, there was a student who was sitting in my front row who had a sticker on his computer that said ketamine and chill. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like this, like what right now, like the, the, the differences in these two mindsets, right? Uh, and then I had my own ignorance, which was... Right isn't this a horse tranquilizer? <laughs> that was literally, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, is this a good idea? Right. Because uh, right. my teaching style is um, from my heart of downloading information, right? I really spend a lot of time making sure I know the content to, to deliver the content and not have a scripted uh, PowerPoint or whatever that may be. Uh, so I really then stepped into, I knew I had to debunk myself And so I stepped into really understanding ketamine, which that same time opened up this uh, beautiful window of finding how many different facets it's used in and the dosing margin. Mm. And at that same time in my personal life, uh, I was experiencing a relationship that was uh, mimicking Uh, a relationship that I had just recently dissolved. I was married to a man who uh, wasn't the nicest of men. And he, this relationship was mimicking some of those behaviors. Mm. So I became really aware of my default mode network. Right. right? And like what you're attracting into your life. Yes. And, uh, and to truly feel that physiological response 
based off of that network that was created from a traumatic relationship and how it pertained to the current one and seeing what that true, like just seeing the true power of the default mode network. Right. And kind of that pattern that you fall into. Right. And what was being mimicked and emulated. So the same time I'm seeing this, the same time the mental health crisis is just really becoming even more prevalent in my classroom. I was having students that were attempting suicide, that were mm-hmm. reaching out with ideations, and it was just compounding. It was compounding, compounding, compounding. I was watching it in what my kids were going through with the beginning of pandemic and uh, friends just ending, recess just ending. Like they were in third grade and third and fifth grade when this happened, or third and fourth. Tragic. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it was just all of these different areas that came into a uh, moment of information that just allowed this creation. It was instant knowingness of Mm. what I really needed to step into to Mm. help with not just the crises of mental health, but Mm -hmm. to expand consciousness. And in that, uh, because we are all one, uh, it's a global, it's a global initiative, right? For each human that we truly help move through an area of suffrage, mm-hmm. it impacts the world. Totally. And uh, if we can do it for one, we do it for all. Yep. And it was in that moment that I knew it was, well, this is, this is where I need to go and this is what I need to do. So I started creating Uh, And the universe divinely just started opening doors. And next Mm. thing I I really, I walked away from that. I was uh, at that position for 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And to close that chapter and fully step in here with my whole heart and knowingness (laughs) at 41 years old. (laughs) I got a lot of, uh, you're crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, it's it, right? Because I know that this with my whole heart, I know that this will help humanity and help with suffrage, Mm. which then impacts the world for all of us. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And did, and before you, or was it like one ketamine session that you had done that like made you have all these realizations or were you already pretty like spiritual and like tuned into like the signs and, you know, all the different things that were kind of unfolding that led you to that path, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Again, I have two kids, right? Uh, This uh, in 2016, I experienced a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. Wow. That riveted through my entire body and the liberation of energy and an instant knowingness that I was going to be just fine uh, came from immense suffrage. on so many levels, Uh, they say it comes in threes. And it was just like a, uh, a multitude of events that really cracked my consciousness wide open. Mm. And I, I will never unsee that. So I really have been on this journey of what the hell happened in that moment, uh, truly embracing consciousness as Mm -hmm. an area of study, while also really looking at the psychology and the programming 
uh, again, the anatomy physiology side and the theoretical side of emergency medicine uh, really allowed all these pieces with pharmacology to be the, the middle area of knowing this as a trifecta to really start to realize how much have I just memorized versus how much do we comprehend? And the, the comprehension included in the consciousness and that liberation of energy really has been something that I have uh, running at for with my whole heart since early 2016, which led me to these areas uh, and the courage to step into this with my whole heart. Mm. Uh, two years ago, it wasn't something, and I truly, uh, <laughs> to all of my uh, professional friends, uh, battalion chiefs, captains, I'm like, hey, this is it. And they're like, what? It's not even legal. And I'm like, yes, it is. That's one of the questions I get asked often, like, is this legal? I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> With my whole heart. Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then I knew how much debunking also needed to occur. And totally. that's where my relatability even was when I first started to understand the medicine. Mm. Uh, my first experience was very beautiful in the sense that uh, I really did work on the physical body and taking time out for self, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but she showed me that uh, in the beauty of automaticity, the way that we spontaneously breathe and how effortlessly our heart beats. Mm -hmm. We don't even think twice of it, you know? Could you imagine if we were responsible for our own digestive enzymes? <laughs> yeah, like, like had to hey. regulate all of that. Like, hey, yeah. are, you, are you digesting that? Okay. <laughs> we don't would forget. Don't forget. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or if we were responsible for our own breath, right? Just like we wouldn't make it past a day. Right, totally. Uh, and what it showed me in moments of taking a, a really big, expansive breath and how heavy my chest is and how powerful the lungs are, uh, that I truly need my body, but my body doesn't need me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The automaticity, she's effortless, right? And so it was like, oh my goodness, this, the grace that comes from that experience of seeing how beautiful the body is by design uh, it really allows you to love yourself in a whole different way because you see what a gift you are yes mm. yeah yeah wow I love how all of this has come so full circle I just love hearing stories like this where people go so much of their lives doing like one career and it's beautiful and it serves them in so many ways and then when as it's like as soon as they start to open their mind up to other possibilities open their mind to god to the universe to source and tap into these different like spiritual realms they start to hear like messages and they start to feel signs and they start to feel guided towards this greater purpose this greater understanding of why they're here and more importantly like how can they be of service and then it just becomes so clear, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, and it's when those people honor that knowing like you have, and like so many people have that everything just unfolds and it happens so effortlessly. Like, I don't know if this was your uh, case, but it just feels like, okay, like I found it. Like you feel like, aha, like I found this like puzzle piece. 
I've, it's recently happened to me. And then it's just like, well, this is great. Now I just know I don't even have to question where I'm going or what I'm going to do or if it'll be successful. Mm -hmm. I know this is what I'm meant to be doing. It is a part of my purpose. I will be of service. And now the rest can flow, you know? Yes. And that's where honestly the name comes from is in flow. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter. The name of your, your company, right? Yes. Practice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is very tapped in to my energy, right? And she will, she's the first one to say like, uh, you're not like either you're in force or you're in flow, right? And that's uh -huh. when you can truly tell when you're uh, forcing your way through or like when it, it's overwhelming of all of the things on the list and all these pieces versus in a flow state where you trust the process, you know, it's all going to get done and to just really drop into your body and be like, oh, I'm not in a hurry. Mm. Right. We still rush through where we're in such a hurry to get things done that we miss the journey. And so totally. it's like, oh, like, oh, okay. Like all of it's going to get done, but I don't need to feel as if I'm running at it for my, for time, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a fine dance with being uh, conscious. And when you recognize those unconscious patterns as they make their mm. little way in. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And just taking or having an awareness around, for me, like this, the signs, I really believe in signs. And I believe that everyone has angels with them all the time that are like guiding them and showing them things that they need to pay attention to and always trying to put you on that path, like constantly pushing you like, go, go, go. Like, how are you not getting this? And it's up to you to have the awareness and the consciousness to acknowledge those signs and those patterns and those um, unconscious things and conscious things and piece them together and try and find like, okay, where is my purpose leading me? Where is my path leading me? Where is my highest self like wanting me to go? And how can I get there? And plant medicine has been a catalyst for me for that because it's opened my eyes. Like, what are you doing? Stop, stop wasting time. Stop messing around. This is who you are. This is why you're here. Your life is sacred. You're so intentional, yada, yada. And it's like, oh, okay. I can't ignoring anything from this point forward would be a disservice to God and to my existence really because we're all so intentional and have such a greater purpose yes and it's courage to know that mm -hmm. and to walk the walk despite adversity because that is really uh, when you're stepping into the new life they say the, the cliched phrases right or quotes you'll lose the old life mm -hmm. and or it sheds right the things that no longer serve you which is a really uncomfortable place to be for some of these transitional times because it does feel lonely Mm -hmm. and then it, oh yeah and then it's questioning as well too right of the things that you are essentially transitioning away from uh, and how that's handled mm. that's where uh my, my thing is graced by grit right uh, yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> it's as gritty as it gets but that's where I found grace right was yeah, through yeah. Uh, making it's your way yeah. And challenges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm wanting to transition this conversation a little bit because I really want to pick your brain about um, the use of ketamine with substance abuse and what your experience is with that, with all of your current 
would you call them patients, clients? Clients. I really like clients. It becomes so sacred and beautiful in there. It really is clients. Yeah. Uh, your timing is also divine because I'm really in that space right now with uh, active use, right? Uh, I get asked questions along those lines often, uh, but mostly it pertains to prescription pills like uh, Adderall, for example, mm. uh, is the equivalent of government-made methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. As uncomfortable as that sounds, it's a schedule two drug and it is three different types of methamphetamine. Mm. And at what point is that okay? But methamphetamine is not okay. Yeah. And so yeah. it's this really strange. Area, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and it is the intent, right? But there are so many synthesized substances in the drugs that are made uh, to deliver on purpose, right? In the orange bottle mm-hmm. versus the drugs that are being made uh, with bootstrapping if you will like you don't sort of speak yeah uh and same thing goes with the opioid crisis that we're in right now right Uh, we are the drugs and so the body's ability to really allow you to see yourself is the gift and so uh, even though there is that substance on board Uh, I think that it's courage in the transparency of having the ability to say that that is in fact, what you are taking Mm -hmm. already sets you up for success. Uh, It's when we're operating out of shame and we don't want to speak truth about what we're truly taking Mm -hmm. is where it leaves this, this area of the unknown, right. Or not being in your truth, which then it, becomes uncomfortable to where then it gets divulged in a way that's not always uh, the way that you wanted it to be shown Mm. to you. Uh, So being able to use it with methadone, it's the mindfulness of it. So perhaps it's reframing the time we take it so that the methadone isn't on board first thing in the morning, or we're structuring the medicine around your normal schedule, Uh, because those detoxes are awful and I wouldn't wish them on anyone right and so uh, that's the biggest challenge and that's really I mean they synthesize the same receptors in pill form so that the cells and the body don't have to go through the agony but you're just changing one like you said one substance for another Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in this we disengage the limbic system which is the emotional center I have people, Chloe, that 100%, they quit cold turkey, whether that's Xanax for 30 years, Mm -hmm. whether that's alcohol, because they have this moment of knowingness that they don't need it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you decide, that's it, right? And uh, never am I telling you to quit cold turkey or any of those things, right? But I am telling you that you are the answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a matter of them, like finding that place within themselves where they believe that, because I think that's the, the biggest thing, or I guess to, to backtrack a little bit, cause I want to gain more clarity on this with, for, for anyone listening as well, is like methadone, if you don't know, is a drug that is used 
quote unquote, to save heroin addicts from continuing to use heroin. But from what I've gathered over the last five years of my brother using it, it's very um, tumultuous and it's kind of like a scam almost because they tell you when you go into the methadone clinic that they will slowly wean you off of the methadone and you'll be off the methadone within a year. But that is a, a complete lie because my brother has been on methadone for five years now. And I'm like, where is the weaning process began? Like, are you giving him less doses per day or do you just make that up because you want, because yeah. they're, it's the pharmaceutical industry. It's a business. They don't want to heal you and send you off because then they won't have any customers. If they wean you off of methadone, then who's going to take the methadone? No one. That's and it's just so frustrating that he's been on this substance for so long. It's deteriorating his health, his mental health, his physical health, his emotional health, his belief in himself to even like heal, you know, ever. And now it's like, we're at like, kind of like a block in the road, like, okay, we cannot keep moving forward. Like, what do we do to like create a new, a new healing modality? Because not this obviously isn't working, you know? Yeah. And that's where psychedelic wellness comes in. So outside of ketamine, I truly have a mind, body and spirit approach. Meaning Mm -hmm. one is I use neurogen brain balancing as a complementary piece to the medicine. Uh, Mm. After session, it allows you to find and to create coherence in each hemisphere, which there's algorithms that were created by brilliant scientists and neurologists from San Diego that allow us to place these electrodes on your brain lifetime and deliver pico wattage or energy into the neural circuitry to have an algorithm that erases addiction. Mm. Wow. in addition to sitting with the medicine, now we also use this brain balancing to pull you out of that state. Mm. Uh, the consciousness behind this, our body's 95% unconscious, which means we can have this transcendental moment where we pierce this veil, we see this altered reality, we move through our own consciousness and we have this moment of mysticism. But when we go back to our same environment, the environment has influence into our feelings and the body looks for those old feelings as well, because we're 95% unconscious, right? So now the physical body is trying to remind you. And if it brings up emotions, it triggers thinking that thinking then triggers feeling. And now we're reinforcing an old network. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the approach I have with the medicine and in wellness One is the brain balancing. Two is an epigenetic profile. Uh, One of the most grooviest women that I connected with when I first came down here, uh, they are pharmacists, compounding pharmacists, as well as amazing business women. And they created an epigenetic profile that allows you to see uh, how far you go back in cellular damage. (laughs) Yeah. The gene expression goes back 13 generations. And so some of this isn't even ours to carry, which we've shown now that we can change our gene expression. We can change our gene expression in meditation alone. However, that takes discipline. I work, I do that every day. Right. But in that it's not until you experience mysticism that you're like, I'm meditating. This is my thing, right? I'm going to meditation yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I know, but the only way to know at times is to have a catalyst, which is the psychedelics. 
And so the gene expression, we literally take blood samples and we send it to the lab and then you get an entire profile that's read by a naturopath. Mm, mm. She tells you where you're overexpressing and where you're at risk and if you're methylating or not. And then they go as far as creating you your own nutraceutical algorithm so that you can heal your genes intentionally to keep them from causing harm if they're overexpressing or underexpressing. And they're also creating this addiction anxiety, there's a multitude of precursors that come from expression. Totally, totally. Totally. Yeah, so it's crazy once you get into that realm and you realize like, wow, there's actually, I'm experiencing all this trauma and all these issues, but there's a potential that a lot of this doesn't even belong to me and was passed down to me through epigenetics, through multiple generations above me. Yeah. Yeah. And for women, one thing you could contemplate this for your whole life, right? And we still would just be just bamboo. It's the conundrum. Yeah. You were inside of your mom when she was inside of her mom. Mm-hmm. And so in that, how influenced were we cellularly and vibrationally and energetically uh, with all the things that they endured before us? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a whole, it's like opening Pandora's box. <laughs> Yes, of contemplations, right? Yes. Uh, so in that, that's where the other side is uh, truly allowing IV nutrients, whether that's NAD, whether that's uh, cocktails that are created for the deficiency. So for your brother example, mm-hmm. uh, when you're in a chronic state of stress, it depletes you cellularly so deeply that you can't make energy you can't move through the medicine i mean you can't move through life because you're so depleted the powerhouses have been just exhausted deteriorates everything everything so really to be able to nurture that uh, for clients i'll have them come in and either sit with uh, an infusion before the medicine uh, and or i'll send them home with uh, supplements on that side Uh, to be able to really allow them to start front loading those energy powerhouses beforehand while they sleep. And it's really user-friendly and turnkey to where now we can replenish your body Mm -hmm. and we can also neurologically impact your person. And it's intimate to each brain. I mean, it populates EEGs. It's one of the most beautiful things to watch. Wow. It can be used on all ages is why I fell in love with this machinery specifically because uh, you can use it on even a one day old. Uh, I'm confused. Is it like a, it's hooked up to you whilst you're doing the ketamine or I'm, I guess I'm not understanding. No, how it's it- after the medicine's over is where, because you have oh. such receptivity uh, from the medicine that it really allows you to bring coherence in. Uh, each hemisphere can be disturbed, right? Uh, fractaled, if you will. Uh, startle mm-hmm. responses, loud noises, gunshots, PTSD, you name it. It starts to fractal our neural circuitry. This literally allows them to come back into coherence and reconnect with their original place and outside of a distorted or fractaled state. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's kind of part of that like immediate integration and like bringing them back to reality and kind of back into the body. 
and making allowing their brain waves to come down into coherence. Uh, mm. It shows us on the EEG, it shows us delta, theta, alpha, and your betas. And so we can see yeah. if you're in high beta and then bring you back down into coherence, which then allows for resolution in so many areas based off of algorithms. Wow. Yeah. This is so fascinating. <laughs> so Thank you, you think based upon your experience and your knowledge, this is something that you could do like whilst on methadone, like whilst using methadone, like you, they take methadone at six o'clock in the morning, every day, they could come into the clinic at 10 or 12 in the afternoon and then, or whatever time and experience a ketamine therapy session. Yes. With the intention behind it, knowing that it's right, all the prerequisites, et cetera. And to how to titrate down. Uh, wow. that's really where that process begins, right? Because now we're able to truly nurture your body, to be able to allow you to see that you don't, you don't have the relationship that you think you have with it. It reframes, uh, or re-anchors is what I like to say. Wow. That is so cool. I, I never knew that this was a possibility. I feel really excited about it. Yeah. Um, and what would you say, how many sessions would you say are typically needed for someone to, let's say someone with substance abuse, for example, to really like overcome themselves and the addiction and create new neural pathways or whatever that looks like. Right. And that is where, how do you integrate Right. So there's a series of six is what the Journal of American Medicine initially put out for its efficacy with 80% success with recovery from depression. And in that, that series of six was done over two weeks. It's like a, mm, 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 like you're in it. Right. Uh, and where now you see that that is a a piece of the equation and that there's a practice of medicine, which is what we've been doing for all of existence with medicine. We literally practice it. That's why it's called I'm practicing medicine as a doctor, <laughs> right? Uh, right. So in that, you'll see how it's being used so differently across the board. Uh, I believe the way that we practice here is that we walk you through a six to eight to 12 week component that allows you to have these transcendental moments and these beautiful areas of inner knowingness and for you to integrate it before you embark on more. Uh, and that's important because otherwise mm. you're fighting off too much or there's too many things coming at you for you to be able to process. Right, right. So walking through the medicine, allowing yourself to integrate and then truly, uh, it gives you space, right? Uh, you can't see the forest when you're smashed against the tree. And so as right. you take a step back, you're able to then now have a different discernment and contemplation. Whereas before you would go to addiction or you would go to escapism. Now you have this room for breath to where you're like, okay, I see this and I'm not reacting the same way. Uh, which then gives you awareness when you do get triggered and what that looks like and how you can see the emotional response occur and how it's created from something outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're like, oh, 
Right. It start you start to make the connections and it starts to happen. Yes. And so in between in between sessions that they're doing, let's say it's around six to eight sessions, are they still is the client or person still planning to use their the substance that they're abusing or does that start to wean or like, what does that look like? That's a both. I mean, that really is where it is human dependent. I want to believe in my heart that that's not what we're doing. You know what I mean? But uh, everyone is their own person. And so it, that really is. Yeah, yeah, with all the encouragement and all the oversight. I mean, we really work hard to give you a multitude of resources and meditations. And uh, I script out an entire program for you mm-hmm. uh, to be able to allow you to know where to go and how to go and resources for when you are in an area that it doesn't feel comfortable or that it's new or you want to go to old self but new self is also telling you like, don't do that where you're in this push pull area before you can truly uh, realize or relinquish yourself from that control of something outside of yourself or that we've been told is something that we have to take forever. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, I guess a lot of people asked me yesterday when I surveyed questions about ketamine, people ask like, Oh, like how, will the effects like eventually wear off or like how many times will I have to take it for it to be like effective? It's something I have to take all the time. And I'm curious to know, cause this is, or my th- approach or thought to that is always leading back to integration. Like it's always, always, always about integration because you could do a hundred ayahuasca ceremonies and every single time you learn something new or you heal a different trauma. But if you're not willing to integrate what you learn from that experience, from the medicine, from that journey, and really weave it into your life in every area of life, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, going to the people that you hurt, forgiving the people that did this, da, 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 doing the work, then the, uh, the, man, the medicine's never gonna help you. The medicine's only a tool that shows you this is what you need to do, and this is what you've overcome now. And now go do it, go integrate it, go be it, go really embody what you learned. Yes, that's exact. That is exact. So we're expanding consciousness, which now gives you a whole new reality. Uh, All reality exists all the time, uh, which is through the eye of the observer, which is why everyone has such a different idea of what's happening. <laughs> totally, but there's commonalities, right? Like there's there's this group of people who likes X, Y, and Z. There's these people that like this. Like we have these congregated areas where we have like-mindedness, but we still all experience it differently. And so in that, it's what are you doing with the lessons? And how have you been? Uh, it's not, it's not this magic piece, uh, even though it is magical with mysticism, (laughs) Uh, you still have to be able to have that accountability for self and really be like, okay, here's where I need to soften. And these are the programs. And this is how I was, you know, like, what's your narrative? What's your story? Totally. Totally. Are you vulnerable enough to tell it? Mm -hmm. And not like going back to like, not the ultimate truth is, is that you are the healer. You are your medicine. You are the answer for everything. 
but it's whether or not you're willing to harness that because we have tools as such as plant medicine and ketamine and breath work and meditation but like are you you being the self you the one who is ultimately accountable for everything for your healing and also for your destruction are you willing to take self-accountability and responsibility and implement those things into your life to maintain that happiness, to maintain that healing state of mind, to maintain that inner peace and that inner bliss. You know, it all always comes back to you as an individual and your self accountability. That's the most uncomfortable piece. Yeah. Right? And because, that's what yeah. to struggle with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, and as we move through, I mean, childhood is the root, right? Well, that's our all of our lifetimes and as we come into earth right but in in reality none of us came out of childhood unscathed period some of us had a harder time than others period right and so uh in order to work through that that's where the complexity and perhaps the frequency of medicine occurs uh, because some are pulling themselves out of the depths of hell while others are truly on the brink of bliss. Uh, and so there's such difference in the consciousness levels that present. But at the end of the day, the final answer is love. And that's who we are. That's what we are. And uh, really embodying that it happened to me, not because of me. And it's all part of for me. Yes, it's all part of my process. And now using my trauma as wisdom mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rather than a self-victimization or reframing that same story. Or how long are you gonna tell the same story? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like really stepping out of that victimhood mentality is the most like common thing I see like amongst like so many people in plant medicine ceremonies and in the work that I do is like how willing are you to step out of that mentality that like everything is happening against me I have it the hardest my story is worse than yours um and it's like sitting it's like see sitting on a lifeboat and seeing the shore but you're not willing to swim to shore you know you just like you have an or you have the out you know it but you want to stay it's like we like to stay in that victimhood mentality or rather our ego wants to stay in that like woe is me pity party mentality when it's when you can recognize like okay everyone has their own baggage everyone has their own shit we all like you said came out of childhood but not and none of us came out of childhood unfazed by what we right. experienced even the people like me I had a, a beautiful childhood and plant medicine has revealed to me so many things that actually really damaged me in my childhood that I had no idea about you know um so it's all like recognizing that and Sorry, my dog is drinking water and it's very loud. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> uh, well, that and uh, it, we actually, it's a chemical response. And so we really do become addicted to our suffering, which is a, it's an uncomfortable thing to, to think about, right? It's like, yeah. why would I be addicted to suffering? And, and they're like, well, I'm not. And yeah. it's like, you kind of are. <laughs> well, uh, because again, coming back, we are the drugs, right? We are catecholamines, which means we are emotional and chemical regulated in our neural circuitry, right? Serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin. 
epi, norepi, all of the most beautiful drugs. But in that, if we've created a memorization and a pattern of mind-body connection, the body wakes up looking for apathy. The body wakes up looking for disparity. And now we're searching for the chemicals to make us feel like our old self which you'll hear people say, this is the way I've always been. This is the way I'll always be. This is just who I am. Yeah. Okay. Well then you're committed to that story. Yeah. 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 I love, I love the saying, um, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. And I I really, I really feel that like, we're all going to experience pain. We're all going to experience hardships and trauma and challenges and different life things that life throws us. That's the polarity of life, that's the yin and the yang of life, that is life. So it's all about how we take that pain and transmute it into a blessing and how can we choose to see the light in it? Because when we usually, it's our greatest challenges and our greatest um, traumas that we can transmute into a blessing and then it becomes our purpose. Like if someone loses their leg and then, then they become these amazing like advocates or speakers or paraplegic snowboarders or, you know, like all these different things, you could have wallowed in that experience for the rest of your life and thought, why is this happening to me? Or you can choose, wow, I'm going to learn to see the blessing and the light in this and how I can be of service to others because of what happened to me. Right. And that truly is where I believe you need a catalyst Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we run a trauma. Yeah. We run a trauma loop. Mm-hmm. And in that trauma loop, I mean, you can't even that what you just said and that phrase of that we are the answer that can't even that doesn't resonate because yeah, when are, that oh point, like, yeah they're like fuck off yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly not uh, helpful thank you <laughs> right it's disrupting the pattern purposefully and gently enough to let you see. You look like uh, one of the descriptors, it's like waves, right? Like if you're on a surfboard and the waves are huge, right? And you're riding them and you come up at the top and you can see land and you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, there it is. And then mm-hmm. it goes back and you go back down into the storm, right? It's like, well, I know land's over there and I caught a glimpse of it. it that's exactly what's happening in a psychedelic experience is it allows you to have a glimpse of a different reality, which all realities exist all the time. So there's a reality out there waiting for you to be healed, whole, and happy. And there's also one for apathy. Yes. And so in that, uh, but again, you can't see the forest if you're smashed against the tree. Mm. So allow the expansion in consciousness through the catalyst of psychedelics purposefully uh, and mindfully, professionally, right? Doing drugs on purpose period. Uh, Yes. Like recreational or uh, mixing or whatever these other, it causes, it leaves room for harm and we don't want to cause harm. Totally. And the same thing can happen with, with mushrooms too. Like so many people that have never had a life altering experience with psilocybin, they're like, Oh, I've, I've done it at a party and I had a horrible trip or I did it at a concert or at Coachella. And it was like the worst thing ever. And I'm like, okay, but not used with intention, not with a guide, not with the proper setting, not with the proper tools and experiences, yada, yada. So it's all about going back to that intention and the purpose behind it and trusting that 
if you allow it, it can have the, the highest healing powers. Yeah. Yeah. And it is from earth on purpose, right? And so it's truly, how do we allow these experiences to expand our consciousness and then allow people to make those decisions for self or to break that loop? And so now we can expand uh, because the, the opposite of that is, again, the universe by design will break you or shake you to awake you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's through tragedy, yeah. And that is a bitch to pull yourself out of when it seems like the world's or the universe is just destroying you one yeah. moment after another. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's hard to pick yourself up out of. Mm. Wow. It, it's really, that's it, not easy. Yeah. And some of us don't come out of that. Right. Uh, and the things that we've normalized, uh, alcohol, I think is one of the most harmful creations. Yes. <laughs> but we normalize it yeah Uh and it's been encouraged and advertised and plastered all over every corner to encourage you to use it right (laughs) well and the also the stigmas that are associated like we have the stigma about ketamine we've never done it but if you've ever thrown up from over consuming alcohol you've overdosed And that doesn't concern people. (laughs) And we just do it again. We're like, wow, the more I drink, the more I tolerate or whatever it is, right? Same thing with food. And this is one of the most uncomfortable topics. You can be fat to the point of death. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. People, People question something like ketamine or even psilocybin, but they drink alcohol like there's no tomorrow and they eat toxic foods and processed foods and they smoke cigarettes and they do cocaine and all this stuff. And I'm like, how could you outweigh something like this whilst also perpetuating all of these habits, you know? Right. And that's where truly we become uh, really addicted to our story. Uh, One of my greatest teachers is Dispenza. And that's where his, uh, Joe. Yes, I love this man. Uh, it really is. It's the question, like, how long are you going to tell yourself that story? 30 years. Totally. You're, like, you're still in a mood from something that happened to you 20 years ago. And that will never, I'm not ever diminishing, uh, PTSD in itself or the complexities that come from some of these traumas that have occurred to the humans. Uh, but really it comes down to a choice of uh, why am I doing this? And am I willing to dissolve the relationship that I had with old self? Totally, totally. And step into that um, realm of healing and letting go of the suffering and knowing that this inner euphoria, this inner peace, this fulfillment, this joy, this happiness, it's available to everyone. And there's so many different ways to get there. You just have to be willing to use them and to implement them and to have the accountability to even, to even agree to it and commit to it. Yeah. You get to see how truly beautiful you are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how life, how beautiful life can be as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been really insightful and I've, I've broken down a lot of my negative thought patterns around ketamine um and i'm really looking forward to hopefully bringing it to my brother to to help him yeah um 
Is there anything else you want to share that you feel excited or important for people to know about ketamine or that you really want to leave them with or where can they look for more information? Yeah. Uh, two things, right? Yes. Insurance reimburses. So that's another question that gets asked, right? Like, does my insurance cover it? Uh, mm. Well, there's this really beautiful company. I'm not sure if you've heard of Anthea, but they are a nonprofit who is revolutionizing what we once knew as insurance. They're an employer-driven psychedelic insurance company, and they are spearheading this revolution. Their first company that they're working with is Dr. Bronner's Soap. And Dr. Bronner's has offered ketamine to all of their employees and their families. And wow. so right now we're, yeah, we're working with Enthia as their pilot clinic for psychedelic insurance. It's one of the greatest honors I've ever been given in my lifetime. Wow, that's so cool. Thank you. And the other side of it is that we have been creating these super bills for insurance companies. So uh, when you come in, you literally can get a super bill right then and there. And our clients are receiving as much as 70% reimbursement from their insurance companies. So there really is, uh, there is opportunity for you to have financial support to be able to sit with the medicine and, and really, really use the insurance that you already have for reimbursement. Wow. That's amazing. Good to know amazing and if someone wasn't or is this is what you're doing like these types of clinics that you have in like a brick and mortar like actual place to come in and facilitate the thing is this a common thing that's happening across America or starting to come up or what is like the what do you see as the future of of ketamine therapy where where does it stand and where is it going uh, I would love to put flow clinics or it's thick clinics, right? A flow integrative ketamine is, is it right? It's F I K it's get ficked. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but to put these clinics globally is mm. vision, uh, with this same modality to really allow a whole human approach and to have guided experiences. Uh, there's a margin. There is such a difference in the ability to deliver medicine. Uh, some are uh, what are being called now as drip clinics, where you go in, it's an hour infusion, you're alone in a room, you get a panic button in case you get worried and you push it if you get scared and somebody comes in. Mm, wow. Yeah. So there's that as a modality. There's others where doctors are with you. Uh, but again, it's... Uh, it's a medicinal or clinical, uh, where I really am working is to merge the two worlds into one and allow for the most mind, body, and spirit approach. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, and we are uh, preparing for psilocybin and preparing for MDMA to use in clinic on purpose with purpose. So uh, we're gearing the therapist towards that. Some have already gone through the MDMA trainings and uh, all of those pieces to get ready for this. I truly believe in the next two years, it will be the standard of care. Wow, that is so cool. It's, so it's really, it's a really exciting time to be alive, to see all of the integrations of these alternative therapy modalities that are coming in, even just 
psychedelic um, psilocybin assisted psychotherapy is just so cool that it's being accepted as a normal form of therapy in the States. And it's, we're going through like a shroom boom, I call it, where like so much um, acknowledgement and awareness around mushrooms and it's insane. Are there insane, just everything properties, mushrooms can do everything. Um, So, and now to hear about things like ketamine and different clinics that are really like implementing this like intention and And it's also giving people a lot of hope just to know that there's something else that could help them, you know, that they didn't know existed before. And I think that's the part that I love the most is that there's so many people suffering from these things that they feel imprisoned to. Mm -hmm. And then they hear about ketamine or psilocybin and they're like, oh my gosh, like, could this be the thing, you know, that helps me and that saves me. And that's just so cool. A hundred percent. And I think the last piece really too, is that, uh, the amount of sessions is also intimate to the person. So if you're curious and you really want to sit with the medicine in a safe and therapeutic setting, uh, that's a hundred percent open and opportunistic uh, so that you can have these transcendental moments, these timeouts to where we become autonomic And our nervous system has the ability to allow itself to quiet and us to start to R and R self. Uh, I think all moms should have one once a month, (laughs) standard of care. (laughs) We really, we want to help humanity. We help the moms that way we can raise the kids and not be in constant duress and survival, you know, because it's not easy right now. Totally, totally. Yeah. Well, um, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing all of your information. And I can feel your passion and your excitement for this form of therapy and for ketamine. And yeah, it's definitely dissolved so much of my worries around it, I guess, which I, as I mentioned, but um, yeah, great. Anything, anything else that you want to share? How can people connect with you or contact you or what's the best way to get in Christie's world? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, LinkedIn is a beautiful way to connect. Uh, my last name is Myers. It's M Y E R S. Uh, you can also search flow integrative ketamine. Uh, our website leads, uh, straight to my cell phone. So you can text right there. The inquiries come, the phone number rings to me right here next to me. Uh, the number is 909-735-FLOW, which is also groovy. Yeah. (laughs) I will put all this in the, in the show notes below so people can connect with you and do you use Instagram to share information or what, or Instagram, Facebook. Uh, yeah, those are the two big platforms. And again, on LinkedIn. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christy. It's been such a pleasure having you. And I'm so grateful to to share all the different types of healing modalities, regardless of whether or not I have experience with them. I love to learn about them. So this has been really insightful. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. I appreciate you and everything you're doing. That concludes this episode for today. I acknowledge you for taking the time out of your day to expand your level of awareness with me. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, I encourage you to rate, 
review, and subscribe. Also, if you choose to share it on your Instagram story, feel free to tag me at infinite.creators and let me know what you loved about it. If you wrote a review, don't forget to screenshot it and email it to me so I can send you a free copy of my cookbook or my dream life workbook. Thank you again so much for listening. Your support means the world to me, and I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.